In this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about how you can deal with children who continually walk around the classroom or get out of their seat. Hi, welcome to the Karma Classrooms channel. I'm your host, Tarun Stevenson, where we are all about helping teachers establish and maintain Karma Classroom environments. Whether you're tuning in on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite podcasting app, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any of our episodes. Here's our latest episode. Let's get into it. You know, as I travel around Australia and I run workshops for teachers, one of the most common behaviours that teachers flag as a concern or a challenge for them is keeping kids in their seat. One of the realities of the classroom is that we, in order to teach the way that we teach, we need kids to be able to stay in one spot and not be disrupting the rest of the class. But of course, when you've got 30 kids who come from different homes and different expectations, this is not always easy to do. Add to that the added complexity of children who have ADHD or they have learning disabilities and getting them to stay for any length of time in one spot can be a real challenge. But there's some really simple things that you can do to address this and so I just want to take you through four steps of that you need to focus on if you want to get kids to stay in their seat. Now the first thing is this, you need to make sure that this is a clearly stated expectation. When you are setting up your classroom rules and your classroom expectations, you need to ensure that if this is important to you that you have clearly said to them you do not move around the classroom unless you have my permission as the teacher or you do not get out of your seat unless you have my permission as the teacher. It is really important that you state your expectations clearly because you can't enforce anything that hasn't first been talked about. The second thing you need to do is as you state your expectations, you need to explain why. This is especially important for older children. Boys also need good reason for following instructions. And so as you state the instruction or the expectation you need to remain in your seat, you also need to explain why. The reason we stay in our seat is because that helps us all stay focused so that we're not distracting each other in the learning. You're not disrupting the lesson when the teacher is trying to teach. And we're also keeping you safe because if you're wandering around the classroom, there is a greater risk of you uh, ha having something happen to you that may cause harm to you or somebody else. The third thing you need to do is you need to state up front what the consequence is. What happens if you get out of your seat? Now this is a little bit tricky and this is where uh, I, I will unpack this a little bit further but stating the consequence is really important because most children before they do something will weigh up the pros and cons of what they're going to do. So they'll actually think to themselves, well the consequence of getting out of my seat is X. I don't see that as a big problem if I want to go and talk to my friend. That's a greater benefit or a pro and so I will opt for that even though the consequence is whatever has been stated. So you need to at least give them the opportunity to weigh up the pros and cons. So stating a consequence up front. This is where, and this is kind of uh, like my fourth point, is you need to have some kind of low-level management system. A lot of teachers I work with, they only use the school system. So the school system might be something like you give a first warning, you give a second uh, formal warning, then you exit them from the classroom. Most school systems are based around a three-tier or a four-tier approach. Uh, verbal warning, firm warning, detention, timeout, 
exit from the class, whatever it might be. The problem with those kinds of systems is they're designed for escalated, large escalated behavior. Wandering around the classroom doesn't really fall into that category. And so you've got to be able to manage that in a way that is still low level and you don't push uh, your difficult children into a space where they're starting to escalate or get antagonistic unnecessarily. So what would that look like? Something like a point system, you know, like the Chris Biffle whole brain teaching system where you get a point for following the instruction, the teacher gets a point for when you're not following this instruction. That's a low level consequence where they can weigh up the balance of their decision. A verbal warning is appropriate, then it might go to a name on the board and then it might follow through to being kept in at lunchtime. And so it's a, a stepped approach where you're not going straight to the, the biggest consequence, you're keeping it at a low level and trying not to escalate them. So whatever that looks like for you, uh, it might be class points, it might be group points, it might be individual points, but it has to be some kind of low-level management system for you to enforce it uh, in that way. Now, the fourth thing that I really need to um, address is you need to be able to do this consistently, and that's why I talked about the low-level consequence system, because in order to do this consistently, at least in the beginning, you need to be able to give out consequences on a regular basis. You need to be able to talk to students and address their failure to comply with the instruction on a consistent and regular basis, especially if this is a big problem in your classroom. So, uh, to be consistent, you need that means you need to do it every time. Not just with the naughty kids, but with the good kids as well. You need to have a system in place where you can address Stacy, who generally follows the rules and generally does her work, and you can address Jared, who's always out of his seat and always disrupting. Consistency means you deal with all uh, permutations of that behavior, regardless of who is executing the behavior. Now, what are some strategies? So that's the four ways that you can approach this. What are some strategies that you can actually respond to uh, the behavior in the moment? So if the child is getting out of class, uh, out of their seat without permission, how do you respond to that consistently in ways that keeps it low level? Well, the first way that I would suggest that you do it is you use parallel acknowledgement. Parallel acknowledgement is where you will address somebody who is doing the right thing. Let's say Jared got out of his seat, but Stacy is in her seat and Stacy sits next to Jared. Well, you would immediately say, Stacy, I love the way that you're sitting in your seat quietly and you're not moving around and disrupting other people. Jared will immediately recognize that you are talking about his behavior, but one, you haven't shamed him. You haven't uh, highlighted his behavior. You haven't drawn attention to his behavior. But two, you're actually showing him a model of what appropriate behavior looks like. The third aspect of uh, parallel acknowledgement that really works is most kids want praise from their teacher. If Jared sees that you're praising Stacy, immediately he wants to get in on some of that action. So you may find that Jared will sit down very quickly and put up his hand to ask permission to get out of his seat. As soon as he does that, this is the second stage of parallel acknowledgement. You need to say to Jared, thank you so much for staying in your seat and not disrupting the class. How can I help you or what would you like to do? So make sure you back up your parallel acknowledgement with an acknowledgement of change in behavior as it comes about. The second thing is when you address behavior, do it in close proximity to the student. Don't call out across the classroom. Don't say, Jared, sit down and, and he's on the other side of the class because all you do is a draw attention to Jared and if he's an attention seeker, well, you've just given him what he wants. Close proximity. Go and stand beside his desk. Go and stand beside him. Move around the classroom so you can address these kinds of low-level behaviors in close proximity. And lastly, don't take the bait. 
If children get caught out doing these sort of things, very often they will try and deflect or they will try and start an argument to try and get you off your game and to try and take control of the situation. You need to give your instruction and then move away from them. You're standing next to Jared, you say, Jared, time to take your seat, then you walk away. Don't stand there and let Jared give you excuses or catch you in an argument. Move away from Jared. Or if you're doing parallel acknowledgement, thank you so much, Stacey, for um, staying in your seat. I appreciate it. Then move away so that Jared can't get caught up in any kind of banter about it. Then as soon as Jared does something, move towards him. Thank you very much, Jared, for sitting in your seat. Well done. So parallel acknowledgement. Give your instructions and your consequence in close proximity and don't take the bait. Don't get caught up in deflection or needless arguments and you will find that if you do this consistently, you've expressed the expectation, you follow through consistently with a low-level management strategy, you will find that sooner rather than later, your students will begin to stay in their seat, they will ask permission before they leave their seat and you will have a much calmer, much more learning-focused classroom. Thanks so much for watching. I hope you got a ton of value out of that episode. Don't forget to comment and let us know what you thought or if you have specific topics you'd like us to cover, let us know in the comments and make sure you share and like if you know that somebody else will enjoy the content that we're producing. Until next time, I'm Tarun Stevenson for Karma Classrooms. <laughs>